Get that, buddy. Yeah! <laughs> Smoked him! Congrats, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We saw it. We saw it all. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm very thankful for that dinner we just had. That was amazing. That the yellow pollo with uh, some black bear beans and rice and onions all cooked over the campfire. That was absolutely incredible. It was a well-deserved meal. I think after. Peter really enjoyed it the most, though. <laughs> I think this guy ate four plates. Four four plates or five plates? Uh, four. Four <laughs> plates. Four, like, like bending paper plates. plates. So it was, it was most excellent. So we got the, the Chase Outdoors podcast crew out here. Um, Aaron, your host, Cole Kemp, Dylan Curry, Peter McGauley, who won the Arizona Big Game raffle tag. And we just are basically ending probably our – most memorable weekend ever of bear hunting um if i if i could pick one word incredible like that's really the only way i can describe uh the events that unfolded this weekend uh we were lucky enough to get in contact with peter and um you know he came came to arizona for, all the way from california and had it had this desire to shoot a really big all black bear and he got his bear and then um a day later, I got a bear, and then the day after that, Dylan got a bear, and uh, here we are at camp kind of just celebrating, and I want to go around the table one time and just kind of, Cole, give me one word, man, best describes the the way this weekend has panned out for us so far. Oh, man. One word? You got you just one. I would say, like, right now, I, my word would be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just exhausted right now. We worked our tails off, but I would say just... I mean, glorious. It's my one word, glorious. It was just an incredible weekend. Just the friendships we made with Pete, and I think our bonds is, you know, the the podcast. We we talked about some incredible stuff and, and just gained some more knowledge, hopefully, for our viewers that we can share a little bit. But uh, just a glorious weekend. It was incredible. Awesome yeah. hunt. Yeah, I'm, uh, I do want to point out we did have a dialed-in hunter. Unfortunately, he didn't make the podcast, but I'm sure uh, he's going to be bummy missed it. Dylan, man, give me one word. How are you feeling about uh, what went down, you know, this weekend and what's on your mind? Ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. There's way too much bear meat in the freezer right now. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting ready to come out to camp, and I asked Dylan, I said, hey, you know, because I, I came up after you guys. You guys were already out here. I said, you know, do you need me to, to bring anything? And generally speaking what that means is like hey you know you want me to bring some paper plates or did you guys not bring toilet paper <laughs> and my man asked me he says uh yeah can you bring a deep freezer uh man that's like 12 hour notice but i'll see if i can try to make that happen so sure enough we get a deep freezer out here and man good thing we brought that so it's just um what do you estimate how much meat you think we got in the deep freezer right now uh, there's over 200 pounds of bear stuff in that meat for sure <laughs> Yeah, and that's and deep, that freezer, that's deep and, bone too. And that's that's in the freezer here and in the trailer freezer is full right. too. 
Um, I do want to point out, too, we're just kind of broadcasting right now. We're in the middle of the forest campfire side, uh, just chilling. This is our first uh, real deal, I guess, live from live from the outdoors under the stars next to the campfire. This is incredible. Um, I want to introduce you guys to Peter Magali. Peter, where are you from uh, in California? How did you land out here in Arizona, and what's this experience been like for you? Uh, from the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, uh, live in Marin County, uh, born and raised in San Francisco. Um, lifelong hunter um, yeah I'm not sure how I found out about the Arizona super big game raffle um, I believe it was by email I looked into it and I really liked the fact that they were raising money for conservation didn't ever expect it to win sorry let me cut you off real quick do you really uh, we just talked about the numbers with just a bear raffle um, what were the total number of tickets sold and the amount raised for bears you guys remember off the top I think bear specifically was like ten thousand seven hundred ninety-five dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. Which I think uh, came t- out to be like what, five 20, bucks a piece. It was like twenty-one hundred tickets were sold. Yeah, twenty-nine hundred. Was it twenty-nine? Yeah, uh, I thought it was twenty. Twenty-one fifty-six, something like that. Oh, yeah. we came up with. It was a, it was a good, uh, awesome number, though. I mean, all for conservation, right? From guys like Pete. So, cheers to you guys, Pete. What if you if you could put into words? Um, so. You're out here because you drew uh, a big game raffle tag, and what that means is he had um, he could hunt any, basically any land in the state, non-tribal land, uh, for this bear any season. Uh, you got it one year to get it done. What was going through your head when you kind of pulled that tag, and did you have an expectations of what, or did you have an expectation of what this hunt was going to be, and was that expectation fulfilled, or where you kind of out with that? Took me a while to find out because i'd never even been to arizona before so it took me a while to find out uh who you know who i was going to use as a guide because i would not hunt this country without (laughs) a guide because it's very unforgiving very awesome country but very unforgiving yeah i think uh we talked about this before and kind of the verticality of where the bears in arizona live that seems to be similar in other rocky mountain states but um it seems to be when other guys come from out of state into our state they're not really i don't know dylan maybe you could speak more on that they don't seem ready for uh the terrain that they're getting ready to step into in some of these canyons and where these bears live what do you think about that well uh, that's part of the challenge of talking to guys is you have to express just how physically demanding the hunt's going to be to come out here and and try to relay you know where the animal is you're chasing and, and how different it is from hunting other species and in, in my opinion i think the closest thing to it is sheep hunting but so peter with the big game tag man you put in how many tickets and uh what was it like watching your name get drawn and um i think you said you were watching the the video live at work you know what crossed your mind is you know you kind of saw that ticket get drawn and hearing your name get called well they, they drew about four or five species before they got to bear and of course, you know, my name did not come up, so I didn't expect it to come up. <laughs> <laughs> You're sit, probably sitting there in the call elk, like, here we go. So the, the, the young lady reaches her hand into the big barrel of tickets and pulls out a ticket, gives it to the, the MC, and he reads my name out, and he kind of butchered my name. I have an Italian last name, and he kind of butchered it. And uh, I knew I knew it was my name, though. And, yeah, <laughs> close and, enough, right? And then the phone rang right after that. They call you, and that was, I guess, the first time ever since they've been doing this that anybody's actually watched their live feed. So they were, so so the whole Fish and Game Commission uh, boardroom went you know kind of bonkers. There was about 150 people there watching it live. Yeah. So I felt like a rock star. There you go. Um, so you get this tag and you fly out to Arizona and you got out here uh, Thursday. 
And what time did you get out here on Thursday? And then how long from when, Dylan, you guys got him to camp before this guy was on a bear? So, yeah, I got in uh, to town to Phoenix and then got, got on the road. It was about four and a half, five-hour drive. So got here about 3.30, quarter to four. Met Dylan, and uh, he said, hey, we're going to go out looking for bears. We're going to go out scouting. And uh wasn't too much into the scout that we had bears. <laughs> How long, Dylan, you think? was the time frame for you on a bear? Cole, Cole and I got up here on, on Wednesday, and and we've, we've been out hunting and everything since April really out dinking around looking for bears and hunting on personal tags and um you know we me and cole glass the day before found found a bear a really nice bear we wanted to get a better look at and i mean after peter got here we he got a little bit of gear organized and we hopped in the truck and i don't know that we glassed for five minutes before we took off and and went after a bear that that first evening that he was here and yeah, when I showed up to camp, because um, I got to camp Thursday night and it was already dark, um, your guys' truck wasn't here. I was like, all right. So that, you know, I'm thinking in my head, either you guys had stocked in on something, uh, maybe even better, there was already a dead bear. But We, we were just a long ways in at that point. How far did you get that first night, though? I thought you said you were 350 from a pretty good-sized bear that first night. Yeah, we got it in about 350 and determined that, you know, the bear was a sow, an older sow, and, and didn't want to shoot it. And But we were you know, mile and a half from the truck and bad deadfall country and had a, had a good hike back. You know, that was that was pretty much towards last light that we determined we were going to take the bear and get, got a, you know, good visual on it and then who decided named, to back out. Who named that bear? I did. <laughs> so cool. What's up with the, what's up yeah, with the name, so, Kiki? So you guys, like, you know, if you're, you're listening to this and you probably know, you know, you're on a social media platform, you probably see this challenge going around about, you know, the song Kiki, Do You Love Me by Drake. <laughs> well, I don't know, for some reason, Dylan and I were listening to that song when we glassed that bear up and Kiki came up and I saw that bear walking across. I was like, well, I guess that's a bear's name. Yeah, we're going to name it Kiki. Yeah, figuring it's a big female, so the name yeah. kind of sticks. So you guys get back to camp. Um, and like I said, that's Josh. I'm here. Josh is here. Everybody's here. Kind of game plan that next day. Uh, we went out that next morning and fire we're on bears again right away so uh we had located a bear that we had seen before malo plato uh which is like a, a which a, is the beginning of a very confusing part of the story yeah <laughs> that that is a rabbit hole in itself probably don't want to go down that um and then real quickly we locate one of the bears that had been our target bears we had named curtis which was a big all black bear black snout um and it kind of fit the ticket for for what peter was looking for so it's like all right that's the bear we want to shoot right so we're starting to get set up on that um and you guys stocked in on that bear i mean how far was the the hike before i mean you guys got to about 400 from where we saw but what was the hike like that morning we were just five minutes behind every time on that bear when when it was in a position that we could have shot the thing but i I don't know what we did total. That whole day was, you know, six, six miles in the canyon, a little over six miles. Right. You know, in and back. And we sat on that bear for a long time, um, lost it in just a patch of trees, and tried to make a move on it early in the morning when we glassed it up, got down there, and it took some time. We glassed it up from a mile out, got in close, and as, as the morning progressed, that bear just wanted to feed off away from, a, away from us, of course, and... Our anticipation was that the bear was going to move one direction, and we were going to, you know, stock that direction, <laughs> hoping it would, we would cross they paths. Never, they never seemed to cooperate. And with of our course, plans. the thing walked in a circle and went back the other direction. So then yeah. we, we had to double back. He's forgetting a key part, though. We we hiked down to the bottom of this canyon, and right as we get to the bottom, we cross this little stream, and 
sure enough, we ended up, remember we bumped that bear out? So that's a funny, so they bump this, you guys bump this bear out, and I'm on the hillside spotting you guys. And you guys bumped what you described to be like an orange cinnamon bear um, that we thought was the bear that we named Malo Plato, right? So you guys, um, jumping ahead a little bit, we argued over this bear and the size <laughs> of this bear because they said, man, that, that little bear was only about the size of two XO packs. And I'm like, no, man. I, I mean, I saw that that same bear from spot. You're out of your mind if that's the size of two backpacks. Um, you know, they get out of the canyon. Later that day, we come back and eat lunch. We go back out. We're glassing. And real quick, we pick up this, this cinnamon bear again. And I'm like, okay, you know, there's, there's, there's Malo Plato up on the hillside. But we said, man, that, that thing's far from the last place we saw it. And Cole, you were super confident that there's two different bears. I'm like, no, man, there's, there's no way. That is the same color. It's the same bear. And then sure enough, minutes later, Peter gets his first spot, super jacked up. Um, Dude, he's yelling bear. He's like, bear, 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 bear. Man. You know, just like he's, he spotted his first bear and he was amped. And sure enough, I was like, I was like, Aaron, there's no way, there's no way that that cinnamon bear moved that far downhill and to the left well, in that amount of time. There's just no way. Well, the cinnamon cinnamon bears in our state are relatively rare. So in my head, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, it's just not. They looked too similar. Um, Peter, your reaction, man, to when you spotted that bear, that, that to me was probably actually one of the highlights of the hunt because you didn't even, um, I don't know if you want to butt in on this, man. You couldn't describe where the bear was at. You're just like, real. you get the real quick excitement. You're like, bear. And we're like, okay, where's it at? You're just kind of pointing. And, um, <laughs> you know, what was that like seeing, you know, kind of spotting your first bear? And what's it like being out here um, on your first black bear hunt? You want to get into that a little bit? Well, it just it, it shows that, you know, you never know what you're going to expect. You kind of go in thinking one thing, and you see another bear, and then you see the color of it, and you look at the, through the binox, and you look through your scope. And you get excited because you're the hunter. You're the one that's trying to right. seal the deal, and, and you only have so much time to do it. And nobody wants to make tag soup, especially with a once-in-a-lifetime tag. Right, absolutely. Um, it, I could see your your mental quandary, if that's the, if that's the right word, because I actually didn't know until you had shot the bear that you shot that you wanted the all-black. And when you got behind the gun and started lining up on uh, Malo Plato, man, you were juice. It's like uh, the, the real Malo Plato. The real Malo Plato, right? Um, yeah, that's just I'm still kind of blown away that we saw those two orange bears like that. But getting the closure because we argued over the size because you guys bumped the tiny orange one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you swore up and down as a tiny bear. And I'm like, the one that I'm looking at is it might not be a it giant. It was. That was a two-backpack bear. The one that you guys saw was a 2XL bear. I think the one I was looking at was like a three and a half. <laughs> That's going to, I think, going to be the new standard, how we're going to judge the size just of these bears. Just by XL packs, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it was just one of those things, though, when we bumped that bear in the bottom, you know, we, it, it was, it took us a little bit of time to get to the bottom. You know, we're pretty gassed and all, but when we saw that bear, it was like a, a new burst of energy. You know, I mean, Pete, I looked at Pete, and that was his really first super close encounter with the bear in the wild right i mean and he was just like oh my gosh i mean we got film of it and he's just like dude that was incredible and that just goes to show you when you're out here chasing these bears and you know you're putting a stock on and you might find another bear just the pure adrenaline rush that you get from oh, these incredible. creatures just is insane it's it's not like any other animal that i've hunted but you know these bears out here man it has been nuts to me because they they seemingly live in some country where they'll be out in the open feeding, but they're just close enough to, like, thick cover to just seemingly disappear. Um, and it's like, it'll be right there, you're watching it, and then, boom, 
Bear's gone. Um, and it, it felt it, like... The, in spots that it appears that you can see all escape routes. Yeah. And they just vanish. Okay, I got, I got a question for Pete real quick. So this is Pete's first bear hunt. Um, he's never glassed for bears before. But it, it took him a very short time for him to glass his first yeah. bear. And granted, we're in an area that, you know, is, is, heavy, is heavy populated with bears. We're here for a reason. But what, Pete, what were you trying to look for when you were looking for these bears? Uh, just any movement. Uh, I'm listening to you guys. You guys are very knowledgeable. You guys knew the points where to look. Um, and so I just followed that and just started gridding off, you know, my quadrant. So, you know. And just methodically yeah. went down and did that, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you've hunt a lot in, in California. Were there any, like, tactics that you brought from California that was like, hey, you know, it's kind of similar? You know, you said, mentioned the grid technique. I know that works a lot for myself. But, you know, I feel like as for a first-time bear hunter, it can be kind of tough when you get out there um, to, to glass these bears up, you know, just because they are they're kind of almost similar to a coos deer in, in a way. Granted, they're, <laughs> they're big and black, but they're elusive as I'll yeah. get out. Extremely elusive. In fact, when they're in the open, if you don't watch them continuously, you can lose them real quick. Yeah. And it, this is big country. Yeah, all the country we've been, we've been hunting. And one thing that was crazy to me, and I don't know if it's the time of the year. Uh, you know, we're, we're it's July 22nd right now, and I don't know if it's the time of year. But it's like it happened to us so many times on this hunt so far. We would see one bear, and then boom like the second bear encounter happened. I think we said it, it came up four times. Um, Peter, when he, uh, he starts making his stock, right? So we ended up, you know, that plan fell through. Curtis basically gave us a slip and just like we're talking about, moved into uh, a little thicket of, of aspen trees. And I was confident, you know, I was up on the, the hillside with Josh. You guys had stocked in. I was so confident that that bear went into a pocket and never came out, but we just never saw it again. Then later that evening, that bear came barreling out of the bottom, complete other side of the mountain, pretty much, right? I mean, how many... A mile and a half, at least, away that it popped back up. And that thing's just, just bruising through the grass, uh, moving super quick, nose in the air. And we watched the bear that was our, kind of doing air quotes here, like our hit list bear, right? Like, that was the bear we wanted to kill. We just watched him walk out of the canyon L at Literally five. walk out of the basin, you know, across the whole face of the mountain and walk across the creek and out of the basin out of sight that this is at this is at 5 30 at night and we've already had you know multiple bear sightings dylan just says let's go like uh okay uh i guess that's what we'll do but if i've learned one thing from hunting with dylan this dude's got a gut instinct let's roll right mm -hmm. so kind of you know developing a plan what we're gonna do because it's 5 30 like we only got a got a couple hours left so we we bomb out of the canyon go what two miles max is it even two is it even that far it might be three actually might be three yeah. miles get out um just just start glassing an open hillside boom get another bear i mean it's five minutes before i, I barely got the tripod set up yeah. it seems like in the glass it seems like a lot of these bears it was like super fast i mean it was like five minutes seems like we were in the glass where we at least had you know some bear movement so w we get up on the hill dylan spots the bear moments later he's like let's go gets peter um and they are taking off on this bear so we get what we call bear traffic control we got me cole and josh up on the hillside spotting this bear trying to help these guys get a little bit closer you guys get how far from the bear um we, we took off across the drainage went through went through a live stand of trees and we had a pretty good area that it was relatively flat but kind of a slight grade going up to 
the base of the mountain that we glassed the bear up on. And we're going through, going through until we could see. And, you know, we're communicating on at this same time so that we know if the bear's, you know, moving left, right, what's what's going on so that I can adjust our approach. Because we've got, like, about a mile to go at least. Sure. And we break through the real dense stuff and get into where we can, you know, see the, the hillside. And you hit me up on the radio. Well, yeah, so you, get, you range and you say... Uh you know, we're 400 yards from the bear. And I don't know why, maybe just because we, the amount of bears we've been seeing, I tell Cole, hey, uh, watch the bear on the hill. I'm going to look for something else. And you guys are, are going, like you said, through the bottom of the drainage, and it's filled with, you know, tall ponderosa pines. And I see from our angle at the top of these ponderosa pines, just big black movement. And I'm like, new bear, big bear, mm-hmm. big bear. So I radio into Dylan, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, new bear to the left, bright white. I give you just a simple description, bright white ponderosa. You say, got it. Uh, Dylan, what's running through your mind at that time? I mean, you radio to me. You're like, judgment on the size. I'm like, don't worry about the bear you were just looking at. Like, go left. Like, that bear over there is dramatically larger. So, you know. You hadn't even finished your your broadcast, and I already had seen that bear. Bear eyes. Oh, we, we had already broken through where we could see, and I just, you know, was fo- we were focused straight in front of us, and I just looked, you know, straight off 90 degrees to our left and saw that other bear working up the, the face of the ridge across from us. We adjusted our course really quick and basically changed direction 90 degrees and went towards the the ridge hard left of us and as soon as i saw the bear it was open enough i took a range and at that point we were when i first had a visual on the bear we were already at 408 yards oh man and it it was just slowly you know feeding working up the slope and pete and i kind of stared at each other for a second and looked at around looked around tried to figure out you know where we're going to take a line and we had to, you know, move up and cut some distance down. And we're looking around because what, what we're in was, I mean, pretty much timber. And there was, you know, the bear is substantially higher in elevation than yeah, us. I mean, we're, we're in the bottom of a drainage, and the bear is, like, up on a ridge across from us. And, we, of course, we needed to find a, a spot to set the gun up to, to have it elevated enough to shoot. So we looked around and... and had to find a spot that we didn't have brush in our way and was uh you know stable enough that we weren't going to be able to get a whole lot closer because of the slope and all the brush we were going to have to shoot it's relatively so, close it's, to where we were it's also so deceiving from like from the spotter's angle like the bears in the wide open we're like equal you know we're we're higher than you guys so it appears to be open but when you get to the other side of that drainage man you're looking up through like a toothpick burned forest mm-hmm. um and it is like it can be difficult to pick that bear up and, and find a lane so i can like we'll get into what happened to us later on on sunday basically with our other bears but your your moment in these burned areas is like you know a lot of the stuff that we're in is like burn timber pockets and your moment is limited and you got to capitalize you got to make sure that your path is right your angle like being 10 yards and and dylan your kill shot when we killed your bear i'm just 10 yards to your left um like that little bit of space and getting out of alignment is like view is totally different from what i could see in the scope yeah it's absolutely unreal so um you know at this point it's the second day of the hunt you know i mean peter's been here barely 24 hours we've seen five different bears <laughs> this guy's having the time of his life um you know it's already been at, at that was, was the third stock at that point 
on for a good bear and we finally found a, a a stump that was broke off and it was like maybe five and a half feet tall and peter had a cool little rest thing on his on his bag and took it off and put it on top of the the stump and got set up and it dude it felt like we had to stand there forever waiting for that bear to to clear the the sticks and brush to give us a good good clean shot wanted wanted to be a good broadside shot and clear of all the limbs and everything and i i got behind peter so i'm you know can see the exact same angle left right of what he's seeing and what did it look like from your perspective with your setup how did, how did you feel during your setup there i felt i had to be real patient because even though he presented a good quartering shot the uh it still wasn't a good enough window for me i just wanted to make sure i hit the bear and hit him well and you were kind of you were getting excited too, and you're like, "Are you ready? Are you feeling good?" And uh, I was like, "No." But we were losing light quick too. True. Yeah, I mean it was the end of the evening. Well, Peter, what I mean, what's going through your mind at this point, man? I mean, you got to be um, ex- excited, but kind of surprised. I mean, um, here you are. You know, like I said, you you ain't even been out in the field for 24 hours, and you're getting set up on uh, on the biggest bear you've seen yet. It it fits the description. It's all black. Um, it's it's what we assumed to be a bore at the time. Uh, what's going through your head as you get set up on this bear, man? How you feeling? It felt very surreal because it happened so fast, and the fact that we had changed direction and had another bear, <laughs> which was was crazy, and I could see the excitement in my guide's eyes, <laughs> so I knew it was good. And uh, main thing, I just wanted to make a really good shot, and uh, and breathe, and just squeeze the trigger, and wait for the recoil, and I did that, and I, I smoked him. Oh, and, and yeah, you did just yeah. that. You made very short work, 300 wind mag. Uh, what was the what was the distance on that? Three three thirty four. Three thirty four. And what was uh? So you you come from a uh, from a different state, a little different style hunting. What was the longest shot you'd taken up to date before that? About two eighty three. About two eighty three. <laughs> so you know a little bit outside of the comfort zone, but but you were ready and you were set up and and you were confident. The gun uh, was dialed. The yeah. gun was dialed, and, and the majestic path of that three hundred wind mags that sailed through the air, it just <laughs> dumped that bear. Dude, it um, it hit that bear though, and like it, we were talking, and that bear just like slinkied, goes down what like five yards and tries to climb a tree. And well, then, that's to me that's what blows my mind about bears, and we saw this three times this mm-hmm. weekend with incredible shots, and you still get the movement afterwards. Like, like, except for Dylan. Well, yeah, <laughs> that that bear was dumped, but but Peter's bear was like that thing. You made an excellent shot on it, and it still had, had to the climb energy. a tree. It still had the energy to move down eight to ten yards, and then kind of attached to a tree, and then just kind of plopped over, put his hands up, and just fell backwards, and it was just over. Yeah, well, I knew I, I knew I hit a good shot, but until they go down, there's that that you know anxiety. So, and I was looking at it more naked eye and, and then went back into the scope. So, so we're all cheering on the hillside. We know this bear's down. Um, you know, we're losing daylight, but um, we're confident we're going to be able to get this taken care of. So we start climbing up this hillside. I think that might have been the steepest. Was that the steepest, most yeah. vertical hill? Probably was. That was that was pretty terrible where that bear was at. Yeah. You, um, know, you know what's incredible, though, what I love about our group is, like, after that shot, you know, after that, that 300 went off and he smoked that bear, just the pure excitement in every single one of our voices. Oh, man. I mean, from the radio talk to us just screaming at each other from a mile and a half away, you know, you can hear the echoes of our Indian, you know, Indian haulers. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, that's what we live for out here, right? So that that was really cool. That just popped something in my head. Peter, what's your 
what's your outlook on this? And and what was it like for you to, not to keep putting you on the spot, but I, I like your perspective on this. It's kind of refreshing. Um, how did you feel coming out here hunting with, you know, just some complete strangers? And uh, what was it like for you, you know, getting out here and having, you know, kind of the team working for you? What was that feeling like? Well, when I, after I've talked to Dylan a couple of times and I felt really confident and uh, felt really comfortable talking to him. And he has an excellent website put up, and you, you can learn a lot about what you're going to get into before you get into it and uh, and prepare for it, and that's what I did. I'm not in great shape, but I'm in good shape, and I definitely— You, you killed it. You killed it this weekend, man. Uh, to put it into perspective for some of our listeners, this guy came out here. He shoots his bear Friday night. We want to continue the hunt because we can. Uh, in the area we're going to go, is still open for bears. And, man, I think Peter was the first guy up Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was wrestling around the tent. This dude's up, ready to go, and I'm kind of thinking, like, all right, that's not really like you had every right to um, to sit at camp and just, hey, hey, man, you know, I came, I came, what I came to do, and, and it's over with now. I, I respect you so much for um, sticking it out with us and just grinding it out and um, you know, fully soaking it in. And I could tell you've been doing that this whole trip, man. You you come up the hill slow. You're looking left and right. You're slowly weaving through the aspens. Um, I like your approach to that stuff. So, no, I appreciate I appreciate that. And uh, it was it's just like it's not it's not in me to sit back and just watch. I got to be in there doing it. And you guys do it good. And uh, yeah, it was it was really special to see other bears get harvested. So Saturday morning we wake up. And we're like, all right, let's go back to the original spot where we'd been seeing Curtis, Maloplato. We got multiple bears located. Um, we go in there and not necessarily seeing anything other than... We didn't see anything. Yeah. Anymore. Two coyotes. Yeah, a couple right? coyotes. coyotes. And the morning was still young. I mean, we Man, probably... had that coyote in the scope. with. <laughs> yeah, we got so bored that we were about to start coyote hunting out there. It's like it came to that, which we really never do. Um, so... We kind of have this moment, and Dylan's like, let's go somewhere else. Okay, going back to what I said earlier, let's trust that. And it's like, it's hard to sit in a spot that you know um, has a lot of bears. I think that something that people can learn from that we do, don't be afraid to just go look at something else. Go somewhere new. Find some new country. Like, take the tactics that you're using in the area that you just found those bears. Go apply it somewhere else. Like, we have been, not to boast, nearly 100% successful in new areas on this trip. Yeah. Finding new bears in new areas. Applying the same logic to how we found, okay, where the food is, where the feed is, what they're eating, where they're eating, how they're feeding, the cover that they like. But that that doesn't just, I mean, it, it is very crucial for bear hunting, but that can apply to elk hunting, that can apply to deer hunting, you know, you can't get caught up in this fact of like, you know, okay, like this area is, you know, it might be your honey hole. Well, guess what? There's probably a good, you know, 10, 15 other honey <laughs> holes in that same area that you're hunting. So like you said, take that knowledge that you have um, from this one spot, you know, look at a topo map, put that map out on the table back at camp and be like, okay, this looks like the same. Take that road, check it out, see if the food's the same, like you were saying, and, and, and roll with that. It, to, in my opinion, it's really not rocket science. You know, I mean, if, if you got the skill to go out and find a bear, you got the skill to go out and find another bear. And if you got the skill to find two bears, you got the skill to go out and find even more bears. So we decide, all right, you know, we're going to pick it up, leave in this canyon. Uh, we go to another spot, very close. Um, and very quickly we get set up. And, you know, what happens there, Cole? The good old five-minute glassing technique and picked up that, that same bear that, 
that bear that we called Kiki. Um, and Dylan, Dylan was ecstatic to, to be able to get that. Dylan's, Dylan's killed a couple of bears, which he can attest to. And, um, he was trying to, to be a gunslinger this weekend and use the, the seven millimeter 08 handgun. So, so we bust a move, Dylan and I go into the Canyon and, um, I think we spot the bear. We were probably, a, what, Dylan, a mile out? A, a little over a mile, probably. See, We see the bear, and we got, you know, same type of deal. We've been to giant basin to cross, get to a hillside, get to the bottom of the toothpick forest, try to figure out how to kill a bear, right? I mean, it's, just, it's kind of repeating. So Dylan and I bomb across that basin. I feel like we made pretty good time, but it, it certainly wore me out. Um, it, was, it was much bigger of a... a drainage to cross than we anticipated so we get set up and uh you know long story short it doesn't necessarily pan out with kiki right um there were some opportunities well, i there. think you gotta you gotta get into the long story a little bit let's jump into it so we finally get about 650 from from the bear and that was when when aaron and i had a visual on it at and that we're, we're both walking in dylan's got his pistol i got my rifle Le- let me just jump in real quick. Is this like just a little bit, you know, it's that hunter pro tip in me just just jumping at the bit, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Guys, we're looking through this toothpick forest, but we found one down log that our spotter saw from a mile and a half out. Key into that to landmark. To key into that landmark. Yeah, you know? that, that's our reference point exactly. the whole time. Which is so crucial, you know. If you can find that reference point and you have a guy sitting back on a hill, keep your eyes on that reference point because when you get close – that viewpoint's going to be different, but if you can find that reference point, you can slowly, slowly start to unravel where exactly that bear, that animal. Reference at. point could be a significant boulder. In yeah. this case, it was a shiny was down a, tree. Yeah, it was a deadfall that we could we could all see glowing, and and we were able to, you know, our stocking. We go over a mile. Everything looks totally different. We're way closer, looking at a different angle, and with a spotter, we able to basically work you know positions of a clock and and that's the center from it and and use distance and clock position to orient ourselves with our spotter um so at 650 we could see the bear right and we're pretty much at the basis of of the mountain right there we've gone up in elevation but that was really gradual at that point and everything in front of us is just vertical right and so we start working our way up closer and at, at that time, I had the 7mm 08 Encore, and Aaron had his 7 mag rifle with him. And so we basically broke up the gut of the drainage, going pretty much straight at the bears. If our approach really was like, if we can get in line with the bear, we're going to be able to see the bear through the little pocket it's going to give us. And that, that was the only route we had to go. Yeah. We, we could go with the brush and everything. So we went straight towards them. And as we cut the distance down, we had to actually cut to our right and get on the same ridge the bears were on. And at that point, we were so close that it's like, might as well use the handgun. Right. Well, you got, um, so we got up the hill and we bridged it to to 200, Um, right? So we kind of had, we got set up, dropped our gear uh, for the most part, other than optics and your gun. I set my rifle down in the drainage. We get up to the hill to 200. And um, it's seeming like everything's going to pan out, right? I mean, you had um, you had your setup. I you mean, I'm sure you felt pretty good about where we were at. or I felt good. I was pretty confident with the distance we were at. And, of course, what we're looking at is the bears are feeding in the brush. And, I mean, we're, we're shooting through timber into the, into the brush. And the shooting windows are three, four feet at the most. And some people are 
I don't think they understand. Like that is literally the only option. <laughs> we can get closer, and that's what we did. That's we why sh- we got into that range. We had to be, be that close to be away. able to see. You could be 15 yards away. You're still going to have to shoot it through a tiny little window of timber. Correct. Like, there's no getting closer, better shot. It's like find a lane where so, you can get a window. <laughs> so yeah, we, the, the bear kind of moved around the back of the bull, off the ridge we were. Uh, the ridge we were on, you know, connects to the main mountain, and the bear moved to the left around the back of the bull. And so there's a lot of air between us and the bear, and I was set up pretty quick, and it presented a, a broadside shot, and I did it. I missed. Well, <laughs> man, unfortunately, I feel I felt super bad because I'm like hit. Like you shot, I was like I was positive. I was like hit, you know, and it all felt good. So we're like, holy cow, you just killed a bear. We radio back to Bubba. Bubba gives me some kind of disconcerting words that turn out to be awesome for me later. And you you go, um, you didn't see the shot. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the it's shot. Like you're bear traffic control right now. You're supposed to be watching the shot. Where are you at? I'm on another bear that's above the bear oh, that they're man. looking at. So Cole radios in, got another bear, big cinnamon, coming down the hill, tracing where we had just saw Kiki. At so, this point, we weren't 100% sure that I had missed. There was evidence that I probably had. The bear ran off, didn't, didn't ran off quick, didn't act hurt anything, and so then it's like, well, just to be sure, I'm not going to shoot at the second bear. I go, uh, Dylan, should should I go get my rifle that's down in the drainage below us? Uh, he looks at me, yeah. <laughs> I run down the side of this drainage and like it's steep. Run down, run back up the hill, um, start getting set up for prone, and I'm just breathing like. I'm breathing like a dog just ran a triathlon, man. I could not, not only am I excited because I know there's a bear 200 freaking yards up the hill, right? Um, I'm trying to get set up on the gun, breathing super heavy, laying prone. My man Dylan comes in clutch with the perfect size rock to put underneath my buttstock. I see this orange bear, more like an orange blob, because like I said, we're looking through little windows. And uh, Dylan, are you ready? He calls ready. Boom, that bear's done. Take a shot, piles down the hill, and dude... I cannot explain what, like, that moment in time meant for me. I was super jacked because I actually thought there was two bears down. So we're sitting there like, did this really just happen, right? Like, there was, we hadn't necessarily tracked blood on yours, but, you know, the yet the radius where these bears were, it's, like, unreal that this just happened, right? We, we see my bear hit the ground, and it appeared your bear pot- potentially had died from the shot or like we lost sight of it so we didn't know it didn't bust out like it did not run out like uh maybe a, a hit a bear that wasn't hit good or, or a bear that was super spooked i mean it slowly moved out of sight yeah we, we were we weren't 100 percent sure what happened at that point uh, our spotters still saw that still saw the bear run off and lost sight of it at the same point we did and we spent a substantial amount of time after we went and verified your bear was dead. Yeah, so we'd get my which bear. Which was only a few yards away. The, and they followed the same trail. So this, this happened to these, us, like I said, four two, times. These are two distinct mature bears. They're very similar in size. And so we spent a ton of time after confirming that your bear was dead. 100%. Get it kind of set up so we maybe take pictures. And we zigzagged and gridded that hillside at the bear that, you had shot at like looking for blood i mean the whole hillside was like white rock and anywhere if, if there would have been anything to find i feel like we, we would have found it with with where it went we have pretty good reference points 
of th- there was there was one very distinct bush right by where I shot it. It was reference point. We found exactly where the bear was standing. We found you know exactly kind of the route that it ran through the trees and followed that route as much as possible and found zero evidence of you know any sort of hit on the thing. We had we had all day. Cause at this point, it's it's ten thirty in the morning. So and we're getting intermittent cloud cover um kind of going in and out it's not super hot so i was man i i went got my bear on a rock tripped out for a little bit like did that (laughs) (laughs) only you guys know like the the saga of bear hunting i've put myself through you know so you know got that set up dude i just want i was we just want to look for your bear man and i felt like we put in a really good faith effort you know into to locating blood or relocating that bear it didn't turn anything up so you know we get go over there get my pictures get my bear taken care of as we're cutting up my bear here comes kiki right right below us like 25 30 yards or further i was it was further it was it was, it was back down back to the right of where we had left our packs down in the bottom and cole actually caught a glimpse of the movement too but I 100% saw that bear after after we had already started working on your bear and took pictures and everything. Watched that bear walk below us on the ridge line. Yeah, totally, totally unfazed. I mean, and we tried. You tried to get behind the seven millimeter 08 again, but the bear just threw that thick timber. Just gave us no shot shot opportunities. But I felt like it. It kind of put the the end to that that story. Yeah, right? you know, absolutely. seeing seeing that Kiki was fine, that it was a clear miss, um, really just put us in good faith going off that hill knowing that, that that bear was safe right. and, and it was going to you know and, live on to see another day. And for the record, man, I mean, that's unfortunately something that I've been a part of. It's, it's the hardest thing to deal with, you know. Like, if you miss a bear, even worse, shoot at a bear, or rather any animal. Yeah. You shoot at them and you're not confident in what occurred. That is just an empty feeling. And if you can get like that, for lack of a better term, closure, of seeing that animal alive and well and knowing that, you know, there was no suffering involved. It's like, man, that's, that's almost a win in itself because as we come out here and do what we do, man, I think we're all animal lovers here. And we, if you, if you're going to proceed to take a life of an animal, you want it to be as ethical, as quick, as smooth, as no suffering as possible. You know, like, um, you, you walked up on an elk today that was uh, seemingly hit by a car or had something wrong with it, like right before, um, you know, this elk was dying right in front of you, let you walk up to it. And, like, dude, you were disturbed by that. Yeah, the fact I mean, that, like, you saw that that animal suffering how you did, you know, I mean, that's – hunters get a bad rap, you know, because we're out here, like, hunting animals and killing them. But there's there's a deeper meaning to it, still significant that was, to that us. That was pretty heartbreaking to see that elk laying there. It was tough, man. I mean – Pete and I walked up on this thing just, you know, literally struggling for its last breath. And in my mind, I feel like the best thing for that animal was to pass pass away. Yeah. Just because it was struggling. You could just tell it was sti- it was it's been there for, you know, maybe a day or two at the tops, but in that day or two, lost a tremendous amount of weight, didn't have water, you could dehydrated. tell dehydrated, just literally bre- couldn't stand up. It was so fatigued. Um and the crappy part about it is you can't do anything, man. Can't do anything. The only thing we could do is is actually walked up to the to the to the to the cow and I go, you know, it's it's your time. You know, like like you can pass on. You know, I, I and I don't know if that was like just something that I felt in my body that I needed to do, but we did it and when we came back off the mountain it seemed like the elk passed away. Uh, no, head down. It was dead. It was dead. Yeah. 
and it was out of suffering, which as hunters, we, I mean, even in the hunting community itself, it just seems like everyone tries to find this political, this PC way to put it, um, to make it sound as, as good and as, you know, ethical as it is. And, and granted, we all are in it to be ethical, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're connecting with our primitive instincts. You know, this goes back to when as we sit here by this glorious this campfire. campfire, it's our it's our primitive oh, instinct. Smoked out right now. This is, <laughs> I, man. But that's the that's the whole thing. It's the experience that we talked about in episode one. You know, that's why we called this podcast the Chase. Yeah, because it's, it's fun as hell, man. That's why we do this. I I don't think there's anything wrong with the word fun. I just think people have, and I've heard other people talk about it. They have a tough time digesting it. You know, yeah. but. It's not fun to watch an animal suffer. And that's, so going back to that, like that's, yeah. you know. There's a big distinction between ending a life quickly and watching an animal suffer. Yeah. And watching watching Pete's bear come down that hill and for, fall. For and all, of, all of a, uh, literally a split, a split second, second that that occurred. Was an incredible feeling. Well, that's what, and you hear the woohoos a mile away, you heard me yell. Yeah. Because we knew instantly that that, that was done. And he's gonna take some beautiful bear meat home. He's gonna make some some bear meatballs. I know he's, he's got a he's got an agenda of recipes. I got a laundry list of recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Brought him out here and exposed him to all sorts of new stuff. So you know, coming from me, you know, I've dealt with failure a bunch. Unfortunately, I'm just being as honest as I can, especially with bears. But um, you know, we determine Dylan's bear isn't dead. We see it alive and well. Get my bear off the mountain. You know it was a good pack out because I was throwing up by the time we got back to the truck. You <laughs> know, Ralphing everywhere. That, that seems to be like the the measure for how bad the pack out is. Like, did Aaron puke or not on the way out? <laughs> yeah. You know, Dylan and Cole are walking around like, come on, man, get yeah. in the truck. Peter, the firefighter, and him. This guy's trying to rescue me, man. He's pouring water on my back. My boys are over here like, come on, Aaron, get in the truck. He's like, <laughs> he does this every time. This <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. But hey, you know what? It it, it kind of is what it is. So. We get out of there. I'm on cloud nine, and we determine we get back. We're all kind of beat up. Man, two dead bears. Pete shoots his dream bear. Like, what have I been saying since you've been hunting with me about the bears I want to shoot? Want to kill a big old cinnamon. I want to kill a big old cinnamon, and sure enough, boom, baby, it happens. Bubba Jr.'s down. Bubba Jr. is down. So I'm I'm pumped. We take that night off. We chill have some good eats we could have went out and found actually we did go out kind of glass bears and, and a thunderstorm briefly because yeah. um it had been thunderstorming got a little good. sketchy at it, camp for a moment yeah and for the record man that's the one thing out here there's wolves and bears and all sorts of stuff out here lightning man, cracks the lightning cracks is terrifying like that's that's the scary part so we go uh we're chilling at camp kind of talking with dylan uh he has a spot in mind he says man we're gonna go over to I'm uh, just going to call it that hill. Like, that's more or less what we said. And he says, uh, tomorrow morning I'm going to kill a bear. I was like, all right, let's do it. So I, we sp- I specifically said I'm going to shoot that other bear that we were going after when we shot Pete's. Right. And keep in mind, they were stalking a bear, moved to a bigger one. So this is, that bear was still respectable, still killable. Um, you know, we wake up that morning. Peter's the first one up. This guy's ready to go. You know, he's up there getting ready. Cole and I crawl out of the tent. We got to go wake Dylan up. He's still sleeping hard. <laughs> you know, he's like, man, I don't want to, you know, getting up slow. So we make our way out to the mountain. You know, good old five minute glass. Got a bear. It was a little longer than five minutes. Okay, this time. seven minutes. I was, my bad. I was able to get the morning business done before we <laughs> found the bear. <laughs> so we the, get. The, the bear was in the brush that morning. It wasn't out, out feeding on the. In the, in the more open stuff, it was in the pretty thick trees and stuff, and picked it up and moved kind of left to right 
way high up and close to the edge of a real big thick stand of timber there too. So it's like we found a, a landmark, we found a shiny white tree. <laughs> Let's go, right? So we we crossed that basin. I have already killed my bear, but it's like Dylan wants to shoot him with his pistol. Let's take a rifle too, just in case. We cross that basin, get to the other side, and the bear is 300 yards above us and we can't find it. <laughs> it's like back to the, the, the magical game of trying to find the bear through the toothpick forest. It's like, and it's almost nauseating glassing through. All right, trying to look through timber and looking up steep slopes and stuff oh. is ridiculous. So we start getting set up and, you know, kind of move around a little bit. We're going, you know, 20 yards left, 20 yards right, trying to find a lane, trying to find the feature that our bear traffic control on the other side of the hill are giving us. And uh, I get the bear in the glass. And at this point, we're 330 yards. 337. 337. 337. The gap is, like, just too much for the pistol, right? I mean, the pistol, was your plan was, like, 200 or less distance-wise. So the gap is, like, determine we're in rifle range. Put a rifle in Dylan's hand, something's going to die. Okay, so I'm getting <laughs> excited. Um, Dylan gets set, set up on the log. Uh, Dylan, walk us through your shot, man. Well, first set up. We had, we had some deadfall that we we moved over to to kind of use as a rest, and I had the had the bipod out on. I was using Aaron's rifle, put the bipod out, and I was in a seated position and had my had my knee braced and was pretty steady. But the adrenaline hit me, man, and I was shaking on that bear. And, and you've killed this is you've already killed five bears at that point, yeah, and was was pretty fired up i mean we we've, we've been sitting on this thing for 15 20 minutes there was there was anxiety as to whether or not this thing's going to come out or if it's just going to disappear and we're not going to get a shot and it came out and happened super fast and sometimes there's no control in it when you get that <laughs> adrenaline dump and and i told you I, I was on the bear and i was getting ready to shoot and i called it off i was like i, can't, I just can't shoot right, right now i gotta get in a better position i gotta set up can more i cut steady. you off real quick like people need to learn from that man like don't and I'm preaching to myself here, and it's something <laughs> I've had to learn. Don't rush it, man. Like there, there's, there's going back to not wanting the animal to suffer. It is like your obligation to put that bullet in a location to, to finish that animal. And like I've learned the hard way, man. And it is the worst thing when you don't do what you're supposed to do. Like more guys need to learn from what you have done there. Like you, you said it yourself when I was there. You're like, I had it in my crosshairs. I could have pulled the trigger, but you didn't, man. I mean, so I, I reset, which I felt like was pretty quick. I had to move to the right a little bit and set up in a basically a, a more prone position, as prone as I could be on the slope and shooting. I don't know what the angle was. It was a ridiculously <laughs> steep angle oh uphill. I'm no mathematician, but that sucker was steep. Um, and in the meantime, when I was switching position, the bear actually went out of sight. Right. So I wasn't sure if if the bear was going to continue to move it was going from right to left on the slope feeding and if it was going to continue to go left we might have had to move completely and reset in a different spot because we had more trees and brush and everything in the way so i got still got set up where i was and you said the bear's right back where it is it's just a couple feet above and, it and right before that we go to bear traffic control we're like can we get an update cole what do you say Got another bear. <laughs> it's like, what is going on right now? Every single time we get close to a bear, it's like, another bear. 
as soon as another bear's in the crosshairs or within shooting shooting distance, another bear pops up. We think we're set up. Think we're ready to go. Now it's all of a sudden it's like, is the other bear bigger? Is it in closer range? Is it easier to see? I'm on the bottom of the hillside like crap man i'm trying to spot you i'm like where is that where is the other bear where's the bear we're watching um are there different sizes i think me and you kind of just determined like we, you we said we just nixed the second bear it's we like just, yeah and and again it was it was clear that it, these weren't sows and you sow in a cup for the record these right? were two distinct mature bears that were on the same hillside either because it's boar following a sow or because they're both utilizing the same food source. And th- I think that's you, I'm glad you brought that up because the amount of eyes that are watching these bears, like in, in ironically this year, it's been, uh, we haven't seen a lot of cubs with bears, but like you need to be conscious of that. Like, so, so like we were saying earlier, these bears go into the thick cuts and then kind of pop back out. Um, in some cases where we're hunting, you can't see the legs of the bear. Like you could see the, about from the body, you know, belly line up, um, you know, we're confident on all of these shots that these bears are by themselves. Yeah. And, and you got to be conscious of that all year. And in, in every bit of habitat that we hunt them in, it's thick stuff. You got to be able to watch them long enough to make that determination. So you get set up, um, you call me on the camera. How you feeling, man? I, I just looked at you and said, Aaron, you ready? And you told me I'm recording. I said, okay, I'm ready. Half a second later. Half a second later, dead bear was on the ground. I haven't seen a bear drop like that ever. <laughs> like it was gunshot, collapse, done. Uh, and, Cheers around. And the, again, like around like most bear shot opportunities, it we had two super ideal ones happen, the two prior days, but... I didn't have a perfectly clear view of the bear because of my shooting window, but I had, you know, a view of vital shots. So I was aiming, basically spine shoot the bear, and that's what I did. And that thing just literally was it. dead you on its feet it. instantly, and was dead six feet from the bushes it was standing next to, and upside uh, down. So. I just, this is, I'm laughing at this. Pete, what the hell is going through your head? <laughs> She's like, you came out here to shoot your bear, and all of a sudden you got this maniac group of young guys, and it's like this is the third bear on the ground. I mean, what are you thinking, man? What's going through your head? Honestly, I'm thinking these are some crazy bear-killing fools. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did he say? Uh, bear Like bad bear-killing mofos or I can't. Freezer-filling? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Called us some freezer-filling mofos. <laughs> Bear killing, freezer filling mofos. <laughs> Hashtag and put that on a shirt. Um, so we slowly move up to the bear. And, uh, man, Dylan, I know we had talked about this on some other podcasts. You, I mean, you, you basically had two goals, man. It was like kill a bear with your pistol and you wanted to kill an, an older bear. Um, you know, the, the the environmental factors, everything wasn't perfect for you to, uh, you know, to take it with your pistol. But you got the old bear, man. I mean, that, that sow looks... Um, it looks old, man. Like it, it, it's by far the oldest bear that we've killed this year. That was the number one goal was to kill an old, mature bear. Um, wish I could have done it with the pistol, but you got next year. Lots more bear tags to come. Yeah, absolutely. Th- that that situation was cool because of, of uh, having taken two others prior to that, and to take a third one. Like, how many people can say that that's happened? Three in bears such, in such a short period of time. 
And also just the amount of time that I've been out here recently, that was too perfect of an opportunity not to use the rifle and, and take that And better. he's got some bear meat going home with him to feed his, his little Ridgely and his wife back home. And despite the fact that the, that the bear was a sow, that thing had a ton of meat on it, dude. It was an awesome bear. Um, and, you know, when we're out here, I think we've, on every single one of these bears, we put a good faith effort into trying to identify the sex of it. Like, I mean, we look at, um, the shape of the bear, the shape of the head, um, the way it moves, the way it acts, um, you know, doing little things like trying to get in the spotting scope as it's walking away to try to identify like testicles on it. Right. Like it sounds funny, but a good sized boar, you're going to see it. Um, we've, we've identified sows by watching them pee backwards. Yeah. And the boars having more of a swagger to them when they're, when they're walking around too. Like, like the bear we call Curtis is like, you know, you know, it's like just the, the kind of the way that he moves back and forth and kind of moves. But a bear like that walks, walks across the mountainside like a bodybuilder. And it, it happened to us four times this weekend where we had a bear in sight and then another bear following it. And it just happened that we killed two bears, or two boars and one sow. Like, I don't, it just blew my mind, man. It's like, we could be spotting it, and you're so confident, and everything's right. You got to be ready to improvise and adapt on, you know, kind of the plan and doing that. Uh, But I'm shocked, man. I mean, we kind of joked that we were going to come out here and kill three bears in a weekend. And Friday night, kill a bear. Saturday morning, kill a bear. Sunday morning, kill a bear. Um, and I'm super proud to have spent the time out here with you guys. And I like to think that we do it right. Um, we pound the hills right, and we've worked for all of them. Uh, Cole, what is what is kind of you had an interesting perspective on this earlier, man. Like um, you you said a thousand times, like you couldn't believe it. I mean, where were you at mentally? You didn't even get to hunt, but you were probably the most cheerful dude out here, just packing out bears and just having a blast, man. Yeah, it's just one of those. I guess I don't want to say like an like an out of body experience, but it's just one of those feelings, man, that it's hard to replicate. And you have you have these visions and these thoughts before you come out on like these hunts, these expeditions of you're like, how cool would this how be? cool would this be? You know, you set these awesome expectations, and majority of the time, you know, I've been hunting for for quite a while, quite a while now, and a lot of times it just seems like those expectations are never met. And granted, that's. The expectations of, you know, everyone gets to fill their tag and it's, it's all, you know, it's, it's just always awesome, awesome hunts and, and granted every hunt's awesome in its own unique way. But this one was just different because I was here with three incredible dudes. I mean, including Josh. Um, so it makes it four incredible. I wish dudes, he, but I wish I he wish had he been here, here for the other bears for the help on the pack out and just for, he's, dude, he's a geek about it. Yeah. You know, just like all of us. But just these three awesome guys that are out here, like you said, just doing the right thing, putting in the work, putting in the effort. Um, you know, guys that I, I call my lifelong friends, um, and just to, I mean, even meeting Pete, I, I call this guy my friend now, you know, just through the, the bonds we've shared out here, but to see just the pure joy and excitement, um, in everyone's voice and just, you know, the reactions, the hugs, um, the tears shed, um, Absolutely. over, over, over killing these things. It's just, it makes me just, you know, just just get goosebumps you know on my back because it's it's something that you can't replicate you know back back home you know we talk about we come out here to escape all this stuff you know from our our city life or our you know our our 
our our flatlander you know day-to-day day-to-day life and you know once dylan shot that bear it just it just you know you just say wow and you know give give glory to god for every single thing that that we get to do out here and and him just and, and him blessing us with with these opportunities and the meat and just like i said man just the friendships and and the incredible time man it's like yeah. I don't know how else to it's put fun. it other than it's fun, dude. Like it's, it's amazing, man. It was and absolutely incredible, the amount and we didn't even we didn't necessarily know prior to this hunting this spot, like what what to expect. Like we we've been out here a couple other weekends and, and had a really good time, but we had, we hadn't been out here this many consecutive days. Right. We didn't know what each day was gonna hold and just, just, just to have repeated action and to go around to go look at a different hill and then go look at a different hill and keep finding stuff and keep having stuff to go after and keep uh, stock after stock after stock and bumping into bears and having everybody here and everybody be on the same page the whole time and it was majestical man nobody got hurt nothing went wrong had had a miss that happens that's the reality but at the end of it we all filled our tags we all killed mature, it's nice bears. You killed every and it's single a good thing that Aaron bought a deep freezer to camp because we needed it. But the thing, too, is like, guys, every single one of you had your own personal expectations in a bear, and you all freaking met those yes. expectations. Like, you wanted a cinnamon bear. You wanted a freaking stud, stud all-black boar. You wanted, wanted an old, a dark old bear. bear. It's like... I mean, come on. I, I know it sounds like this is just like a fairy tale, but let's be real, man. It, it was... was it was surreal to me, man. It's yeah. like, it's just unbelievable. That's why I just wanted to start off the podcast. It's like, try to give me one word. You know, it's it's a struggle to try to picture, like, try you to can. put, you cannot put into words uh, what it what it's like out here and what we do. And the whole time, like, we're out, we're foraging on wild plants and we're, you know, we're rinsing our faces off in the creeks. And, like, as we sit here by the campfire with the smell under the moon, under the stars, with the freezer full of bears, it is just unbelievable. And it is just, it's an absolute honor to, you know, to spend it out here with you guys. Um, our campfire is getting low right now. Okay, we need to put we some need, wood on this. We need some this. more wood. So um, let's go around. Let's get some closing comments. Uh covered a lot on this uh cole dylan uh, cole you got anything you want to add yeah i just want to just really say how appreciative of, of i am of pete um absolutely his, you are the man pete. of of his just you know and him and all the other guys that that donate to the conservation um efforts for for arizona you know wildlife and and going back to you know helping out with habitats and and all that you know it's just a selfless act that Isn't he did it, wasn't it just over a million dollars for the raffle just, just about like man six hundred something thousand yeah, just seven hundred thousand this year just a lot of money though that these guys from out of state i mean even in state but that are just so selfless to be like yeah you know i'll, I'll buy a couple of raffle just tickets taking a and, risk yeah you know what you say the the odds were like one percent it's like you have a better out of odds of drawing a sheep tag but um, just super appreciative for you. I hope that you just had the the time of your life out here. I know it was pretty pretty action packed for you, but you know I hope that this friendship can can keep keep the fire lit, and hopefully we'll get you back out here for maybe an over the counter hunt. Or hopefully, I know you said you bought some more some more raffle tags, so hopefully you know the luck's on your side again. But uh, appreciate it, man. You're an awesome dude. Thank you very much. Hunt of a lifetime. Yeah, I just want to reiterate what Cole said. I mean, this is. I don't even, like, know what to say. <laughs> like, this is such a crazy weekend. Everything that's occurred, the the whole sequence of events. You, you can't and, make it up, man. 
and we and we you know we touched on the stories, but there's there's so much more detail to each of these stories too that actually went on, and the amount of time the pastor and these, yeah, we did them all in a day, but like, yeah, these were full day ordeals for each of these yeah. bears and back to back to back and not much rest in between them and just nonstop. Short nights of sleep, long hikes, heavy packouts, like the 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 roller coaster of emotions, like that that takes a toll on the body, right? I mean, it's like it, bear hunting is like I just feel a little bit more um, on edge, you know. But we had that like super weird, morbid feeling. We got back to camp, and it's like all of the tags are filled. <laughs> it's like, this is never really like. With, with this bears, has never been a problem. Before. Yeah, like with deers, it's like okay, you know, everybody everybody killed a deer. You expect it. It's like didn't think we were gonna come out here and just dump three bears like we did. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, Pete, you got anything you want to add? Final comments to the podcast, man? Yeah, if you're thinking on coming to Arizona to chase bears, you better look up chasing the king. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we we have a we have a fun time doing it. Um, boys, awesome time, man absolutely unreal um i appreciate everybody coming out here and i, I appreciate the the help that you guys gave me on my bear and pete it was an absolute pleasure being around you and man i respect you so much for for the way you adapted and just worked with us um i'm super impressed <laughs> super impressed yeah we need to add him to the team so um well we're gonna get this campfire back and rolling we appreciate everybody who joined us this evening uh we're out here mountainside and hope that you guys get the opportunity to to get outdoors i know that you know fall hunt season is right around the corner i hope everybody's getting excited for that and uh, if you if you were enjoying the podcast we do ask like you know maybe give us a like uh a comment even better tell one of your friends thank you guys all for listening and have a great night